Good morning. It is Monday, February 20th. It is six minutes after 11. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. Thank you for joining us today. You can follow along on YouTube if you'd like. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. And there we are. You can also follow the Kendall and Casey playlist on Spotify. All you have to do is type in Kendall ampersand Casey in the search bar. And then all of that wonderful music that Kevin cultivates will pop up for you. All right. So let's start this hour by talking about Bernie Sanders, right? Front row tickets for his upcoming event. It's okay to be angry about capitalism at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. are on sale for nearly $100 on Ticketmaster. So so I love, okay, so he's charging you almost $100 Mm -hmm. to come to a thing where he's going to complain about capitalism. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. And then he's using Ticketmaster to sell the tickets, Mm -hmm. which, of course, you know, all these people in Congress are supposedly uh, outraged over Ticketmaster and it's a monopoly and blah, 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 blah. But we've seen this before with Bernie. Bernie Sanders. Remember when he was running for president in 2020 and he went on some forum with Fox News. It wasn't a debate. They were interviewing each candidate individually and it was like a a town hall type setup. And they just straight up asked him, they said, if you don't like the tax code, why don't you voluntarily pay more in taxes? Mm -hmm. And he literally scoffed at them on television. He literally scoffed at it. And it is a. We're going to play you some audio of this back and forth. That was it. Face the Nation. I can't remember exactly what he was on. Doesn't matter. It was CBS. CBS. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was Face the Nation. And these people, these leftist, big government, big tax, big spin, lunatics, are complete hypocrites because they. It's a do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And when the opportunity comes to pull their own wallet out and pay a little extra. They're the, la- the you know what is alligator arms, right? Here is Bernie Sanders trying to explain why he's selling uh, tickets for ninety five dollars to see him complain about capitalism, and he's using Ticketmaster to do it. Tickets for your tour apparently are selling for ninety five dollars no. on Ticketmaster, which is con- accused of anti competitive behavior. You know that some of your Democrats are criticizing them. Aren't you benefiting yourself no, from this I, system that you're all, trying to dismantle? First of all, those decisions are made totally by the publisher and the bookseller. <laughs> I think there's one case where in one place here in Washington, po- uh, politics and pros and independent books are charging some tickets. Most of them, I think, are $40, $50, and you get a book as well. So if you want to come, you're going to have to pay 40 bucks. I'll throw in the book for free. And we're doing a number of free uh, events, but I don't make a nickel out of these things. At all. But you're okay doing business with Ticketmaster? No, not particularly, but that's, again, I have nothing to do with that. That is, if you wrote a book, probably be the same process. Like, so he acts as though somebody holds a gun to his head and forces him to go to these places Mm -hmm. and do these book tours. Mm -hmm. And I love the, if you pay $40, we'll throw in the book for free. I don't benefit out of this at all. Like he, he wants you to believe he's running some sort of soup kitchen and the, whoever his book publisher is, is at gunpoint marching him down the streets of Washington, D.C. and forcing him to go to these events. And yet. Casey, yeah. there are millions of people who lap up the crap that this guy peddles. I would like to quote 
Bob Dylan at this point. <laughs> it ain't me, babe. No, no, no. It ain't me. Just... It ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for. I mean, that's he's totally denying any culpability. It's the publisher. It's the bookseller. I had nothing to do with this. Your name is on the ticket. Yes. And it, it is your show. And as though, you know, and, and Casey, you've been around people, you know, media people. People have written books. You've interviewed them. You know how it works. You get paid these large-scale authors. I'm using authors in air quotes here, but Mm -hmm. authors like Bernie Sanders who are getting gargantuan amounts of money for these books. Part of the dealio and why you are paid such a premium is you're going to go promote the book. That is all made in the deal when he signs the contract when he gets the money. You're going to do X amount of appearances. Mm -hmm. You're going to appear on these people. You think Bernie Sanders, if Bernie Sanders wanted to put his foot down and wanted to say, okay, but we're not using Ticketmaster, that he could have negotiated that in his deal. Okay, I'll do the book tour, but I'm not going to charge people for the book tour because, you know... To each is everybody's, right? So if you really believe that, okay, I'll take less money. Let's make sure people get to go to the book tour for free. No, he didn't do that. Of course he didn't do that because he doesn't care about those people at all. You know what he cares about? Himself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I miss the mittens Bernie Sanders. You know, the picture of him that went viral and he was on the moon and on the Titanic and everywhere else. But he recently responded to Nikki Haley's call for mental competency tests for politicians over the age of 75 which would include him. And he said, yeah, you know, we're fighting racism, we're fighting sexism, we're fighting homophobia. I think we should also be fighting ageism. And he recently told, this should be, this should scare you more than anything we say. This guy's a senator, yeah, okay? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. A leading senator. Mm-hmm. This should scare you more than anything we've said all morning long. He recently told the Wall Street Journal, Joe Biden is more conservative than I am. Uh-huh. Joe Biden is more conservative than Bernie Sanders. All right, so let's, uh, from one ridiculous person to another, let's uh, turn our attention over here to John Kirby. Mm-hmm. He's a Biden spokesperson. And he was on Fox News. Of course, Biden, as we started our show, we, we let you know that Biden is in the Ukraine. He told the uh, people of East Palestine to kiss his ass and you can suffer and be sick mm-hmm. and uh, you know deal with the ramifications, uh, even though it's like, whatever it is, an hour or so from Washington, D.C., um, that uh, no time for you, but I will fly to the Ukraine. Yep. And so John Kirby, now we've spent an estimated, and the estimates are all over the place, you don't know for sure, but an estimated $200 billion now on Ukraine, or what we've spent, or what we've pledged, or whatever. Anyway. And it's just going higher because Biden this morning said that they're going to deliver critical equipment, including artillery ammunition, anti-armor systems, and air surveillance radars. Yeah, and so John Kirby got asked uh, when we will stop spending all of our printed money there, which is making everything more expensive in this country, and he said, no idea. But the question that's being asked by increasingly on Capitol Hill, and there's going to be another fight over another round of aid. We're about $200 billion into this so far. There are questions about where the U.S. commitment ends to this. I mean, we had a couple of lawmakers just return and say, Congressman Garamendi was one of them who said, I think this is a year from now going to be still going on, this exact same war. We don't know. Um, again, we, we would like to see it end now. Um, and certainly we want to see it on end, uh, end on terms that are satisfactory to the Ukrainian people and to President Zelensky. So 
ensure that they remain a whole, free, sovereign, independent state. And independence is an ideal that all Americans can get behind and understand. We'd like it to end soon, as soon as possible. My goodness, nobody wants to be sitting here a year from now talking about the second anniversary of war. But as the president has said, Shannon, we're going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. And he means that as long as it takes. Okay, we want it to end. We want it to end soon. Well, do you really think that having Biden there sends a good signal to Putin that we're ready to end things? Well, and the other question, Casey, is, and this is the question I would encourage everyone right now to ask themselves, how has your life been better? Mm. Because that's Joe Biden's job, right, is the policies that promote Americans' lives being better. Not Ukrainians, mm-hmm. not Russians, mm-hmm. not Iraqis, not Afghanistani, Afghanistanis. I feel like an episode of The Office here. Afghanistans. Afghanis. Afghanis. Is that what it was? Are you sure? sure? Are you just making that up? I think that's right. How about I move on? Not the British, not the French. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, It's to promote policies that improve the lives of Americans. Mm -hmm. How is your life better because of our year-long involvement in Ukraine? You can answer. Oh. You have anything? No. Everything is more expensive. Gas, food. I mean, everything is worse off since we we got into that conflict. And yet, we are not stopping because why? Too many people who the politicians want to benefit, benefit out of us being in the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Most notably, the military-industrial so complex. complex who makes a gajillion dollars mm-hmm. off making these weapons and sending them to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And those people then in turn give a gajillion dollars back to the politicians. It is one side watching the other side's back and you continue to suffer in the middle of it all. Okay, so recent polling shows that support of this is dropping. Back in May of 22, we were at 60% support for what's going on in Ukraine, and that has now fallen to 48%. And when are we going to talk about peace talks? I don't hear anybody mention anything about that. It's just, we're going to keep giving Ukraine whatever they want, whatever they need, as long as they need it, because they have our support. And they're now, you know, Biden is over there getting Poland and other NATO allies to provide more assistance. At what point does somebody say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should start talking about peace, how we're going to end this. All right, when we come back, Nikki Haley, we've talked about what a disingenuous grifter she is. Uh, She was on Fox News, and she put it on full display for everyone Mm -hmm. because she got asked about where she differed from Trump. Mm. Great opportunity to talk about how all the bad things Trump has done and why you're running for president. And Casey, she would not do it. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. minutes after 11 it is kendall and casey on 93 wibc and trending this hour christ the redeemer this is the 100 foot statue of jesus christ in rio de janeiro and it was recently hit by lightning and it was captured during a flash storm in brazil pictures went viral and it seemed to turn the sculpture into a glowing godly figure is what they're calling it this is uh statue that stands 2,000 feet above Rio de Janeiro. 
Also trending, Rosie O'Donnell. She has come out with some comments about what's going on in New Palestine, Ohio, and it may be the first time in her whole life. That East she, Palestine. East Palestine. What did I say? New Palestine, New Palestine. which is also a lovely place here in central Indiana. <laughs> right. uh, well, Real quick, I, I added this to the template because this may be the only time we will mm-hmm. ever be able to say Rosie O'Donnell makes a lot of really good points here, and so we wanted to capture this moment in time for <laughs> everyone to enjoy. Okay, so I'm reading the comments on my uh, toxic train derailment post I made, and people are like, oh, you finally woke up. No, I, I didn't finally wake up. This is exactly what I feel at all national tragedies. Columbine, 9-11, Katrina, all the big ones. This is what I feel. Compassion for my fellow man, disappointment, in a government that doesn't take good enough care of its people, and frustration at the way corporate entities seem to have impunity in this country now. So this is not a Democratic or Republican stance. This is who I've always been, and it's always what has mattered to real Americans. We gotta stop with the right and left. We gotta come together, soon soon okay and then she went on to say and we didn't play it how she doesn't trust the epa Mm -hmm. how basically the epa is full of crap yep and uh it was a rare moment of lucid behavior from rosie o'donnell Couple people are saying that her face was really close to the camera. Yes, it was. That you had when to endure, she recorded. You that. did have to endure that. However, I was able to close my eyes while it was going on, and yeah. I, I didn't uh, subject uh, my uh, corneas to uh, some things you just can't unsee. No, that's true. But uh, also, perhaps next time you're going to record a, a poignant video like that, mm-hmm. and I want people to take you seriously, maybe turn down the TV. That's also probably a good in point. the background. Although old people are just not good at technology for the most part. Finally, trending today is President's. Oh, yeah, that's funny, Kev. You can laugh at that. Yeah, that's funny. It's 22 minutes after 11. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about Primetime. That's her new nickname. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, Primetime. How exciting. Yes, uh, so this woman, we've told you for uh, most of last week after she made her announcement. Actually, we told you before that. She is the worst of everything. She is a spineless grifter who, while she might say the right things, actually has no real core set of beliefs. And I say this because I remember going to a Lincoln Day dinner, fall dinner. I think it was 2015 here in Indiana. She was the featured speaker, and she was incredibly anti-Trump at the time, then it behooved her to be pro-Trump when he made her UN ambassador. Yes, faithfully served him at the Mm -hmm. UN. Mm -hmm. And then soon as she got out of that position, came out and said, oh, I would never run against Donald Trump. I will make my decision based on if he gets in or not. Mm -hmm. Of course, she said that at the time because he overwhelmingly had a stranglehold on the Republican Party. And then fast forward a couple years later where Trump's grip is not nearly as tight and it appears maybe Republicans are ready for someone else. And well, now she's, uh, she's right there in the race. And of course, we told you about all that last week and then she went on fox news casey Mm -hmm. and she got asked just a very i mean a very simple question should be Mm -hmm. very easy to answer you're running for president trump is running you must think you're able to do a better job than trump so why don't you tell us where you differ from trump and she absolutely refused to badmouth him because she absolutely needs a fallback in case he wins 
clearly you think you're a better option than he is or you wouldn't have gotten into the race. So where do you two differ? I don't focus on President Trump, and it's amazing that the media wants to talk about that so but much. But you will have to, because to get I through the GOP primary, to, you will have to focus on him and Governor DeSantis or anybody else who gets in. To get to President Trump, you will Shannon, have to get through that field. My announcement was to a few thousand people in South Carolina. I just had packed rooms in New Hampshire. Not one person asked me about President Trump. Everybody wanted to talk about Biden. Everybody wanted to talk about the problems facing American families. I am focused on Joe Biden. He's the one that's the president. You know, I will tell you, I think Americans need to have options. I think they need a new generation. I think we need new energy going in. I think we need to leave the status quo of the past and start looking ahead. And that's what I'm going to do. And as much as people want to talk about other opponents, there will be more. Many of them are my friends. My focus is on American families, how they're struggling, and what we're going to do to make sure that we get this country back. She's so subservient to him, and that makes her look so bad. Like, you're running for president. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say, I'm better than him Mm -hmm. in A, B, and C. Let me be as clear as I can be, Casey. If I am ever suffer from some sort of amnesia or whatever and end up running for some sort of political office again, I will savage every single person in my path. I will take them out. I will destroy them. Mm-hmm. Kev, you better not be running against me, buddy, because the mentorship is over. You know why? Because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You're trying to win. Mm-hmm. And clearly, you want to differentiate your dif- Differentiate. Differentiate, thank you, Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. from your opponents other than just, well, we need new blood. What the hell does that mean? Okay, no, I'm not as anti-Haley as you are. I like to see smart women succeed and move things forward. And I do think that she is pretty competent. I do think she's smart. But having said that, I just want to add this. Told ya. Yeah. I knew she would, like, I've been saying all along, if she's really interested in being president, she has to come out against Trump. And she's not attacking him because she's hoping for a VP slot at this point. It's almost like there's a backroom deal. Like, I'm going to try as much as I can to take away some points from DeSantis. Yep. And then when it gets too real, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull out and hope Donald Trump is going to come save me and give me the nod for VP. Okay. Okay. She does say that she can attract suburban women and minorities. Okay, so today is February the 20th, 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, The time is 1127. Yeah. And so let's keep track of this day because I'm going to tell you right now that I guarantee that if she's on a stage with Ron DeSantis and they're running for president, Mm -hmm. she ain't going to have no problem going at him. Oh, right. The way she refused to go at Donald Trump right there. Right. Because she's she's looking for a, a weekend, wink and a nod from Trump. She's going to run just long enough to take some some votes away from DeSantis, and then yeah. Uh, hey, when we come back, can we talk about Richard Belzer? Okay, but only if we talk about Richard Gere as well. <sighs> you probably think he's really attractive, don't you? <laughs> he's dreamy. <laughs> it's twenty-seven after eleven. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. I'm willing to sit here as long as you are in silence. I was just waiting at least till the hook. It is 11.33. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about some of the line items in the House budget. 
$1.25 billion to finish ongoing capital projects across the state, $500 million for Regional Economic Acceleration and Development Initiative, That is that $500 is, million to create a deal closing fund. So, so real quick, uh, the deal closing fund, mm-hmm. uh, that is $500 million to help Holcomb continue to gobble up farmland mm-hmm. across central Indiana. So if you're a farmer and they're trying to strong arm you like our poor friends out there in Boone County, uh, state of Indiana Republicans thinking $500 million of taxpayer money should definitely go to that. $75 million for a residential housing infrastructure assistance revolving fund. $10 million for regional mental health facility grants. Let's see here. Oh, an increased boost in uh, this one. This one I can get behind. Increased to boost Indiana State Trooper starting salaries to 70000 per year. Okay, so the Republicans in the House, because Civics 101 would tell us, and since you may be a product of the public education system, you might not know this, that budgets in governments should emanate from the House of Representatives because they control the money. So a couple things I want to talk about with the Republican budget that was released. Number one, there is very little for you. It is a colossally large budget. It will probably be over $40 billion by the time it's all said and done. And other than speeding up a very minuscule amount of income tax reform, which will predominantly benefit the rich at the expense of you, that's about it. There is no plan right now for property tax. Now, they claim the Thompson plan, but Thompson's already said the plan's going to change a whole bunch, which is the thing where they're going to give you like $100 back, and it's a sliding scale, and you get less every year. Uh, But Tom's already said, well, that's going to change a whole bunch. So while that is technically funded in the budget, it doesn't matter because the guy who authored the bill has already said it's going to change a whole bunch. And by the time it's all said and done, it'll probably be about zero because the Senate Republicans have already come out and said, yeah, we're not really all that interested in helping people who are paying skyrocketing property taxes. So while they carve out in this budget exceptions for you and there is uh, air quote relief if you fit specific billings very Democrat thing of the Republicans to do, put people in corners and separate them and Mm -hmm. point out how we're different. There is, by and large, nothing for you as a taxpayer, despite the fact that we will have record revenues to the Treasury. This will be a record budget of over $40 billion. I wanted to talk on one thing specifically, because we could talk about how egregious this budget is for the whole three hours. But what I wanted to point out is, in this budget, there is a massive boost in vouchers for parents to explore school choice, which on the surface you would say, well, that's a good thing. The parents should be able to send their kid where they want. Yes, I 100% absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly. Parents should be able to send their kid wherever they want and the money should follow the kid. The problem is in the same budget where Indiana Republicans are saying, our public school system is so egregious that we've got to put record revenue behind voucher programs to let parents have school choice. They're also adding multi-billion dollar, a multi-billion dollar increase to public education funding. So what you're saying is, yes, it's horrific. Yes, the public education system is awful. Yes, you need school choice more than ever before. But we're also going to just throw a whole bunch more of your money at a problem that we have been at now the Republicans have had super majorities essentially for a decade now, and we've been unable to fix them, and we have not done the work necessary to fix them because we won't take the hard stances necessary to fix the things, but we're going to keep throwing money at So we're throwing at both. It's both sides of the coin, right? We're playing both sides of the fence here, and it's your money. It's your money, and the Republicans are admitting 
we are this is a failed system and it is so failed that we must throw record revenue at giving you school choice yet we're going to continue to throw record revenue at the problem mm-hmm. okay so you're selling it short you said 40 billion dollars and at least okay 43.3. Okay. Look, I just don't want people to go, that Rob Kendall, he's an over-exaggerator. So grab your little calculator there. Oh, uh, yes. Uh-huh. I know you're very Four, good at this. 43.3 billion. Well, I don't know if my calculator goes up that Okay, 43. Hang on here. Let me, uh, uh, let's see. That's uh, that's million. Uh-huh. Got to keep adding zeros. Let's see that. No, it didn't go that high. It goes to 430 million. Okay, we'll just do 43 uh-huh. and we'll add the zeros later. Okay. 43 divided yep. by two. Uh-huh. Yeah, what do, what do we have? Uh, that's 21.5. 21.5 uh-huh. billion dollars. Yeah, every year. For the state budget. For education. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're going there. No, no, that's not every because year. Because half of yeah, the yeah, budget yeah, no, you're right. goes to education. Yeah, yeah. so, so our, our budget is 25 a- 25 billion. Yes, our bu- budget is, and what I was doing with that is, a, our budget is a biennial budget, which means mm-hmm. it's to fund two years. So yes, you're right. Twenty Roughly $21.5 billion dollars. Mm-hmm give or take, will go to public education. Now, keep in mind, at the same time, you have a bunch of public education lunatics right. down at the state house fighting Bill 1608. Which, they're mad that they can't teach your kindergartner about sex. Mm-hmm. So this is what the Republicans are funding. And at the same time, they're also not going to do the work, which would actually fix the public education system, a whole bunch of the problem, which is to make the school board races partisan, like every other election, so that in places like Brownsburg and Avon and Carmel, in which the school boards are run by radical left lunatics who are elected because they don't have to put a letter next to their name, they don't want to do that work because they're not about actually doing the hard work. They're just, the Republicans in this state are just about throwing money at people. That's all they're doing in this budget. Hey, Holcomb needs $500 million to buy farmland and piss farmers off. Here you go, Eric. Hey, uh, the public school system has failed miserably, so parents want school choice. Here you go, parents. Hey, the public education system, the angry red-shirted teachers are going to scream at us. Here you go, angry red-shirted teachers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're that meme of the, the black and white meme is of the little kid throwing the money out the window. That's all these people are, and there's nothing for you. There's nothing for you as a taxpayer. Republicans in this state are so good at growing government and growing the cost of government and confiscating as much of your stuff as possible, and then when it comes time to help you, say, kiss our ass. So that uh, that tech core is going to be like a 65-mile swath of land, and it is supposed to connect Indianapolis to West Lafayette, that you're talking about that money for the land. Sure. It is 20 minutes in front of noon. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about Richard Gere. He was hospitalized with pneumonia. He was on vacation with his family in Mexico. 73 years old. He fell ill during the trip. Prior to uh, leaving for vacation, he had a cough that worsened while he was in Mexico. So, 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 so gear, gear is you like gear, right? You think he's yeah, dreamy? I do. I think he's dreamy. What, Richard Gear is one of those never ages guy. Yeah, he looks very similar mm-hmm. to. At 73, recent photos of him, he looks very similar to how he did an officer and a gentleman. Mm -hmm. I guess you would say an officer and a gentleman, his hair was gray. It is now white. Kind of salt and pepper, right? Right. But he largely, because he has remained very fit, Mm -hmm. uh, clearly takes care of himself. Mm -hmm. And he had gray hair at a young age Mm -hmm. and still has all of his hair, Mm -hmm. whether it is by... God's grace, or uh, we grow hair indie. Uh, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> the folks that we grow hair indie. Um, yeah, he still has all of his hair, mm-hmm. so he still looks mostly the same. Yeah, he does. And this is the guy who can go from serious roles to yeah. romantic comedies. Pretty fluid. Uh, always has that leading man status, though. So let's see some of his movies: Pretty Woman, 
American Gigolo, American Gigolo, The Cotton Club, Primal Fear, Runaway Bride. He did win a Golden Globe when he was in Chicago. Uh-huh. But as you mentioned, the best movie of all time, An Officer and a Gentleman. I ain't gonna quit. All right, then you can forget it. You're out. Don't you do it. Don't you. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. I wish I could. Everyone could see because, of course, we're on the YouTube mm-hmm. uh, channel. I wish everyone could see the twinkle in your eye right now. I love that movie. Oh, I know. Loved women, women movie. were easily swayed by Richard Gere. Uh, <laughs> Richard Gere's two best movies. I'm gonna throw this out there right now. I just played it for you, oh, Officer and Gentleman. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Jackal. He was great in The Jackal. Richard, okay. Richard have you ever seen The Jackal Mm-mm. with Bruce Willis? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, you would love this movie. Richard Gere plays. Um, a guy who was in prison. I think he was convicted of being a, an Irish terrorist or something. Bruce Willis is this mythical jackal character based loosely on a true story. Nobody knows who he is. He's a terrorist. They have to find him. So they let Richard Gere out of prison under immense law enforcement supervision to help them catch the jackal because Richard Gere had had an encounter with this guy. Richard Gere is awesome in that. And then Primal Fear with Edward Norton. Mm -hmm. Edward Norton is the star of that movie and it was kind of a breakout role for Edward Norton. He is beyond awesome in Primal Fear, but Richard Gere also uh, very good. He's the attorney in uh, in Primal Fear. So you had asked the question, is he one of the top 100 best actors of all time? And I actually... I did not ask that question. Well, you, if, if, he was, if he was one of the top actors. What, well, did, I, what did I say? I said, uh, did I put that on there? There's no way I would have asked that. Well, let's go with it. That's fine. I don't want to underscore what you're talking about here. Go ahead. Anyway. Well, now I have to look at... Oh, uh, where I said, where do we where rank... Where do we rank yes. Richard Gere on the all-time actors list? And I... Take his looks out of the equation. Right. Well, I looked I looked up the top 100 actors on uh-huh. IM, IMDb. Yeah. He's not listed. He's, no kidding. He's not even one of the top no 100. No kidding. Yeah. Well, he's not really an actor. He's more of a movie star. I know you think uh, because he's good looking mm-hmm. that he's everything you need him to be and so much more. Uh, but he, <laughs> he's I really, an activist. That's oh, for sure. he sure is that. Yeah. Uh, and his wife, and let's mm-hmm. give him credit for this. His wife is indeed thirty three younger, thirty three years younger than him. <laughs> okay, you wanted to talk about Richard Belzer, and we'll get to that next from ninety three WIBC. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Richard Belzer has passed away. He was a comedian, edgy guy, did stand up. And he also played the part of John Munch on Homicide, Life on the Street, also Law and Order Special Victims Unit. He was 78 years old. Yes. uh, First of all, I want to say this. Homicide, Life on the Street, one of the most underrated uh, TV shows, period. Certainly cop shows of all time. Uh, If you've not seen it, it was on NBC in the 90s, uh, all sorts of famous people either were famous at the time mm-hmm. uh, or people who became famous were on that show. And and that is where Belzer got the, started the Munch character, which became, obviously, it was years and years and years, decades on Law & Order SVU. Um, uh, Richard Belzer was a great actor. He also 
really played an interesting role in the history of professional wrestling, which many people may not know. He, he was, was famously put to sleep by Hulk Hogan. Yes. Um, Hulk Hogan uh, was on. Mr. T was on with him. I don't know if this was Carson or who it was, mm-hmm. but Belzer, maybe it was Belzer's own show. I think it was Belzer's own show. Belzer had his own show. And he was put in a front face lock by Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And Hogan not only ch- choked him out, but he dropped him. And when he dropped him, he dropped him on his head. Belzer later sued. I think it was settled out of court with Vince McMahon. I think Vince McMahon paid the money. But that was important because it was right in the lead up to WrestleMania. And that publicity, this was long before WrestleMania was a thing. People knew it was going to work. It was a real shot in the dark. They'd spent huge money to get Mr. T in there. That really got a ton of attention for WrestleMania that it went on to create Vince McMahon and Empire. So Richard Belzer was an incredibly... uh, obviously gifted comedian Lorraine Newman I saw was tweeting out about him she had kind of announced his death and uh, that Munch character I just thought was I mean I mean think about it. he started that in the early 90s and acted on that all the way his last appearance mm-hmm. on Law and Order SVU was 2016 mm-hmm. so basically I'm doing math here that almost uh 30 years or mm-hmm. whatever that's 24 25 whatever year how many years it was out of that one character yeah so he died when he was in France where he was living and his friend put out uh, a note about him saying that he had health issues for a long time and his last words I mean there's no way I can't even yeah. dance around it but it rhymes a lot of ducks rhymes with duck yeah exactly um, so he grew up in an abusive home and I would think that that's where the comedy comes from it, kind of a way to get away from that situation. Mm -hmm. And when his mother passed away from breast cancer, his father attempted suicide, failed at it, but then a year later was successful at it and Belzer is actually the one who found his father. What uh, what an awful situation. And again, we mentioned this in the beginning of the show, so I'm going to bring it up again. The suicide hotline just dial 988. Okay, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and we have to go over this story. This is one of the more ridiculous things you're going to hear all day long. Uh, IMPD have arrested a man for trying to rob a bank with a TV remote. Yeah. So my question is, what was he watching? Well, this is, <laughs> you know, look, there's absolutely zero funny about bank robbery. I'm sure the, it was at a PNC bank off High School Road. Mm-hmm. And I am sure it happened uh, middle of last week. Um, I'm sure it was very traumatizing for the teller, for the people involved, the people who were there. I mean, you say man tries to rob bank mm-hmm. with remote control. You mm-hmm. kind of chuckle at it. But you have no idea what's going on. Obviously, uh, workers in a bank are sensitive to those sort of things anyway, and probably a, a very horrific experience for everyone involved. Thankfully, the person was caught. Okay, so the teller told police that she was confused by his behavior because he walked up, he said, give me $10,000 or I will kill you. And then he started slamming the remote on the counter while repeating the threat. And the teller responded by saying, Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> because she saw the remote in his hand. Yeah. So this guy, what? He's having a field of dreams moment? Now, you really pissed me off. Okay, just hold it right there. I was hoping I wasn't going to have to do it this way. What the hell is that? It's a gun. What do you think it is? It's your finger. 
<laughs> and of course, as we were talking during the break, that mm-hmm. is the catalyst to my favorite line in Field of Dreams, because if you've mm-hmm. never seen the movie, mm-hmm. Kevin Costner is on this quest to ease his childhood pain, and he ends up uh, going to uh, find uh, Terrence Mann's the guy, James mm-hmm. Earl Jones, and convince him to go to his farm with him, and he, he kidnaps him. Uh, and then at the end, it determines that a significant thing James Earl Jones had lied to him about, and Kevin Costner is going ballistic on him for lying about mm-hmm. the thing. You lied and, to me! And the famous line is, he says, you lied to me, you said your finger was a gun, and I right. don't know why. But that is... <laughs> forever just tickled me beyond belief and is one of my favorite lines in the history of any movie ever. Well, this guy that attempted to rob the bank with the TV remote control, he wasn't wearing a face covering and police found him sitting on the curb outside of the bank and then they arrested him mm-hmm. without incident and apparently he's due in court. So this is like the worst bank robber ever. Mm-hmm. What's he going to give me the money or I'll change the channel? I turned on closed caption. Is he going to turn up the volume really loud? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what, I don't know. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job. And we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow with 93 WIBC. Don't man, don't man.